Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. The next 10 minutes are inspired by a lion and a bike ride. I hope you enjoy it. Welcome to the engine. You may remember Cecil the lion. It's this famous lion in Africa that very unfortunately got killed years ago. So Cecil was, for some reason, a, a lion of notoriety and got hunted by a dentist in the Midwest. And the dentist's life got destroyed. It was really upsetting, for that guy at least. Because here he was, got, took a, a legal game tag in Africa, and went and hunted this lion. Now, let's start right out of the blocks. Lions kill people all the time. That's that's not a, a, a disputed fact. I'm not saying Cecil should have died, but lions definitely kill people, okay? Now, that being said, they are beautiful, and and they're unique, and they're there's just something about them. So wanting to preserve them and make sure they're still part of the ecosystem that they live in, that's an important thing. So this guy goes out, buys a buys a tag hires a game warden and goes out and kills this lion okay now again cecil this very famous lion goes uh, goes on uh, social media and the guy's life gets destroyed that was 2015 we've had a lot of instances like that um since and and before i mean these really disgusting pictures of people with like, you know, rhinoceroses or, or giraffes, this big game hunting. And it's really hard. It's really hard to have sympathy for big game hunters. It's really hard to to see where they're coming from and and want to support that kind of behavior because the bottom line is it's it's really just kind of disgusting behavior. They're not killing the lions to eat the meat. They're not killing the giraffes to eat the meat or the rhinoceros to eat the meat. And it's a really bad thing. I've been thinking about this, though, a lot on, on some bike rides I've been doing. So I live at the base of Mount Diablo, and, and I love riding Mount Diablo I'm, for, uh, for about a year. A couple years ago, I rode on the mountain every single day, and it was beautiful, just absolutely beautiful. There's, there's this hot breeze that blows up the mountain in the summer months, and there's this lavender smell, wild lavender that grows. And as you're riding down, once you've earned the ride down, as you're riding down, this breeze hits you, and you keep coming around these corners to see these incredible views of, of this valley. It, the best way I could describe it is somebody said once that it was kind of like a Disneyland ride. I was like, yeah, it really is. You almost lose yourself in the experience. It's, it's something that if you haven't done, I, I highly recommend. But watch out for the goddamn cars. <laughs> So let me be really clear. The cars on Mount Diablo are horrific. 
they they will as you're going up i mean you're not going that fast when you're going up and they will try to pass you on blind turns and you know you know if there's a bike coming around that turn when that car tries to pass you it's lights out it's terrible and they'll they'll get anxious and try to pass you but want to be a little bit safer so they won't go that wide around you and their side view mirror almost hits you you're not you're not thinking about this car so you're just getting slammed off the road you might fall that stinks or what's worse is a car will zip around you fine zip around you but then there's somebody like 20 yards in front of you that's also going slow and now this car has to sit behind this other cyclist and you're just sucking the exhaust off the car the whole time and you're trying to climb a mountain and you're just oh my god they're the worst so recently got back into cycling in an absence of other options and it was beautiful it was beautiful you want to know why they took the cars off the mountain the park was closed for motorists so all of a sudden it was just cyclists and hikers i've never i mean it, it was amazing it was like a bike trail it was like this is epic you can ride up here you're not worried about getting run off the road by some acura it's it's incredible it's incredible that's over now right and and cars are back on the road and you know what thank god and let me tell you why <laughs> so first off pedestrians are not that much better than cyclists they're not going to pass you they don't have exhaust but they'll stand in the middle of the road they'll stand they'll stand three four across walking up the mountain so for somebody coming down the mountain you could slam right into them come around a turn they don't care they're not thinking about it people are not People are not aware of their presence while walking like they are in a car. In a car, they understand, hey, look, no drunk driving. You know, be aware of your surroundings. You have these mirrors. You have these blind spots. There's no law against drunk walking or being an idiot while walking. So people are walking all over and they know, hey, there aren't cars here, so no big deal. Well, guess what? There's a cyclist coming down at 25 miles an hour. If that guy hits you, it's lights out. The other problem is that when the cars weren't up on Mount Diablo... They didn't clean the roads. So all of a sudden, you're coming down the mountain and there are these, these big, big just rubble rubble piles. And you have loose gravel, you have rocks, you have dirt, you have all of these things that all of a sudden, now you're really worried about as a cyclist. Now you're worried about slamming into you know, a big rubble pile as you're coming around a turn. And it was kind of like, God, I don't know what's worse. All the, all the pedestrians... And the rubble piles were the occasional car. I mean, these are two really bad situations. And I immediately started thinking about the problem with Cecil the Lion. Because it's kind of the same thing. Here's the problem. In the absence of game tags, in the absence of the dentist going over to hunt lions, there's pretty much zero money to protect big game. Okay, so... Think of it this way. You want to hunt a giraffe for whatever reason. I don't know why, but you want to hunt a giraffe. Fine. To do it legally, let's say the tag costs you a million dollars. So you're some dude with some big gun, and you're like, I want to go shoot this giraffe. Cost you a million dollars. Let's say the annual salary for a game warden 
is $25,000. Well, now you have just by hunting one giraffe, you have effectively hired 40 full-time game wardens for an entire year. What do those 40 full-time game wardens do? They protect the other giraffes from illegal poaching. Okay, so now there's a lot of money and a lot of dudes with guns going around the game preserves and making sure nobody comes in illegally and kills the, uh, the other giraffes. So if you, and you can decide how many tags you have per year. So you want to do one tag for a giraffe, you want to do two, you want to do five giraffes. So five giraffes, very unfortunate, not my jam. Five giraffes get killed. We generate $5 million with those five giraffes. And that $5 million goes to protect all the other giraffes. And now remember $25,000 for salary for these game wardens, they're not making that much money. But that's what, 200 game wardens annually? now to protect these giraffes. So as disgusting as killing a giraffe is, in my mind, I recognize very quickly, we'll shoot five giraffes at a million dollars a pop and we can protect all the other giraffes. Well, yeah, why not just stop all killing giraffes? Yeah, let's stop all killing giraffes. That's fine. You get zero game wardens. And there are some dudes who still want to hunt giraffes. So guess what? Now they go out and poach the giraffes illegally. What about the game wardens stopping them? Oh, there are no game wardens? There are no game wardens. Because nobody's funding the salaries for the game wardens. There are no legal tags to do this, so there's no money involved. The point is, both situations have horrendous options just like the mountain. And I think we always have people that advocate for the best case scenario. We shouldn't allow cars in Mount Diablo, but we should also clean it and we should also keep pedestrians off. We should, you know, keep it pristine for cyclists. Okay? Or we let the and let the let the cars on the road. Cars are happy to be there. But now we have, and the cyclists have to worry about them, as do pedestrians. Well, those are not two perfect options. Same thing with the big game. We either allow people to hunt them legally, we generate income and protect the rest of them, or we do not allow any hunting of them, we have no money to protect them, and now we have illegal poaching, so animals die anyway. And people say, well, look, why don't we just stop everyone from killing them? Yes, fine, great, that would be wonderful. We can't do it. We can't do it. And I think we also find ourselves in another really tough situation right now. Social unrest, coronavirus, economic damage, social damage, personal damage. And it's just one of those things. There's no right answer. There's no perfect solution. And I think we have to get comfortable with that. And more than anything, we have to stop saying that whatever, whatever position we prefer is the best position. I may prefer to keep all lions safe and say no tags should be sold. Fine, but that has problems. 
right, even though it's a noble position, it has problems. And that's, again, the same situation we're in now. There's no position with all of this that is a perfect position. Yes, there's an ideal world where no one gets sick and no businesses get damaged and everybody feels like their rights are being observed and everybody feels like the, the government's taking care of them or at least, you know, defending them in an appropriate way. There's no right position here because not everyone would agree that they feel that way and not everyone would agree that they feel safe if we open businesses and we could go round and round. I'm not here to give you an answer. What I'm here to say is that you have to remember every position has downsides. Every position has a weakness. And so the next time you find yourself having a discussion with somebody, try to remember that if they present something that seems offendable to you, excuse me, offensive and not defendable, you have to remember that whatever position you're taking guaranteed is not 100% defensible. It guaranteed has some aspect of it that's offensive to someone. That's not necessarily going to help us find the right solution. But what it will do is help us keep talking. Because in the absence of that perspective, all conversation stops. I'm Matt Todd, and this is the engine that drives me. Go out and crush it.